Welcome to Hopeful Birth Podcast. I'm Jessie Shelto, your host for the next little bit while we make a new friend and hear her birth story. Birth has affected my life in profound ways, and I'm not just talking about the new little one that comes in to rock my world. Birth has shaped how I engage with my Heavenly Father, and I hope that it does the same for you. So, whether you're preparing for birth and wanting to learn more from moms who have been there and done that, or are processing through a previous birth, I pray that the Father makes His heart for you and your baby evident as you listen. In this episode number nine, we're hearing from Karen Shorter. Karen grew up as one of the oldest of eight children, so she watched her mom experience pregnancy and birth many times. And over time, she began to understand that birth is actually nothing to be afraid of, and she used that knowledge during each of her three births. What struck me most about Karen's testimonies was how grateful she was to just get to experience the perfect design of birth. She mentioned several times how her reading and learning about pregnancy and birth spurred gratitude in her towards God. And I love that, birth turning us to worship our Creator. Now, I did want to give you a heads up that we do discuss loss and miscarriage between births two and three, so if your heart is tender in that area, you may want to skip ahead or wait and listen to this episode another time. And even though I'm a birth geek, please remember I'm not a medical professional, and this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please continue seeking your medical professional's counsel for your care. But without further ado, here are Karen's birth testimonies. Hey, Karen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Would you mind starting out and introducing us to your family? Sure. My family is myself and my husband, Tim, and we got married um, uh, close to two years ago now. I have three children, and they are from a previous marriage. And I have Dylan. He is 10. I have Isaac, who is 8, soon to be 9, and Faith, who is 5 years old. And um, they're just happy, sweet kiddos. And that's a little picture of my my family. Awesome. Will you start us out talking about Dylan's birth and finding out that you were pregnant with him and what that was like? Yeah. So Dylan, I found out I was pregnant with him um, right away because we were, we were trying for a baby. And I got pregnant as on the first try and um, was a little surprised by that. Um, it was a exciting pregnancy because everything was new and I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, just enjoying all the, all the new things that come, even the doctor's appointments and, um, you know, hearing the heartbeat and feeling the baby wiggle and move. I chose not to find out the gender with any of my kiddos. So uh, with, with the first, that was, uh, that was interesting because some, some people thought you need, you know, you need to register for this. You need to get that. You need to get that. But I just really wanted a surprise and my, um, my husband was in agreement with me and that was actually really fun (laughs) to to do with every pregnancy and, and even more fun, I think with the, with the first. What was kind of your perception of birth prior to pregnancy or, or prior to his birth in particular? So my perception of birth prior to any, any children or any pregnancy was that it was a natural, normal process. It was something to not be scared of. It was something to um, really embrace and that it was not something 
really even to overthink. So I came to that, that perception because of my childhood and I'm one of eight children. And so I grew up in a household where it was the norm for my mom to have babies. <laughs> you know, um, that was just, that was just a thing every couple of years. And so the whole pregnancy childbirth process wasn't something to be scared about. Wasn't something to be stressed about. Wasn't something to be, um, overthink or even, even like fuss over, I would say was more of a mentality I grew up with. And then as my mom had babies, I mean, we always knew, I remember as a kid, maybe it had come up in conversation somehow that my mom chose to have the have all of us without any pain medications. And so, you know, to her childbirth was just, this is just, you know, this is just a part of being pregnant is that you have the baby and it just wasn't anything I was afraid of. So I knew when I found out I was pregnant that that, that was the route I wanted to go. Um, and I embraced that kind of hands off, I guess more of a hands off approach of, you know, my body knows what my body knows what to do. And, you know, as, as I got into the doctor's appointments and they, you know, you're nauseous and they want to give you medication for this and that, and just saying, no, you know, I'll just, it's okay. I mean, I saw my mom do it. I saw my mom, you know, deal with um, morning sickness and, um, it's just part of the process. And it was the same in approaching childbirth with Dylan. Since he was my first, I did take a, I, I can't remember if it was called a Lamaze class or if it was called a childbirth class. I really can't remember the technical name of it, but it was through the hospital and they had a class and you know, the moms and dads went and they taught you about the Lamaze method. And I think they touched on a few other methods you could use for, for natural childbirth and the, lady teaching the class was very pro natural childbirth. So I did have that kind of just to get a, get an understanding of what, what I was, what it was <laughs> to have a baby mm -hmm. and an understanding of some of the things within the hospital too, within the hospital system. Cause that was all unknown to me. Mm -hmm. um, also I took it, I guess a little, a little further in my own, just because of my own interest. So I started reading, books as I got further along in the pregnancy on natural childbirth, honestly, because I was just interested in it. The more I learned about it, the more I thought, oh, wow, this is just, this is so fascinating. And I also liked, I, I liked reading about it. It wasn't, um, it was easy to read about it and just to learn more, just to learn more about how God designed a woman's body and how God designed the whole process of pregnancy and the process of birth. And then even from there, you know, from birth to then um, breastfeeding, nursing your baby. Um, I just found it all so fascinating. Mm. So I read uh, Ina Mae Gaskin's book. I read, um, I actually read the Bradley method. Mm -hmm. um, I read a Lamaze book. And I had a few others. Those are just the bigger ones that came to mind. So, um, and I really enjoyed reading them <laughs> very much. Yeah. And I kept, I kept active during my pregnancy. I liked, I liked to walk. I liked to ride bikes. So I did that. And then towards the end of pregnancy, when it was harder to, um, you couldn't, you know, I couldn't be riding a bike around the neighborhood. I remember I went to the gym and, um, you know, rode the stationary bikes there and walked around the neighborhood and just kept 
my energy up and kept myself um, strong, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as much as you can, um, leading up to childbirth. And I remember feeling good and having lots of energy even as I got towards the end. Now, that being said, I didn't have to go to 40 weeks or 41 weeks like some women do. So I don't know how I would have felt going further. Dylan was actually born a little bit early. And so I was 37 weeks and one day um, mm -hmm. when he was born. And it happened, no one was really expecting him that early. Um, even going in for my doctor's appointments, I don't remember them. They, they didn't, they knew he would come, the baby would come early, but it wasn't, you know, at 37 weeks, they weren't saying to me, we think you're going to, we think the baby's going to come very soon. So I wasn't even packed. I didn't have the car seat in the car, anything like that. Um, I was at home on a Sunday morning and my husband was in the military. So he was actually at drill. He was, a, it was a drill weekend and he wasn't there. And I'd gone for a walk like I usually did in the morning. I'd gone for a nice little walk and came home and was getting changed to take a shower and um, my water broke. So I remember calling my husband and saying, um, so my water broke, but it's no big deal. You can just keep doing, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a while before anything happens, no rush. <laughs> and then I just went about the rest of my day and he ended up, he ended up coming home pretty quickly, even though I said it wasn't necessary. And I remember my family calling, you know, here you're in labor, how's it going? Um, brothers and sisters. Um, and then I went very quickly from uh, just kind of cleaning up around the house <laughs> and because my another thing that I'd, I'd learned growing up in a household where my mom had a lot of babies was you know you don't she also said not to rush to the hospital when mm -hmm. when labor starts especially with your first that it would be a little while and that it was better to stay up and stay moving and stay busy through the early labor than to go to the hospital because there's you know, there's nothing that they're, they need to do at that point if you're going to have a natural birth. And as long as it's a healthy pregnancy and there's no, comp, you know, no complications to, to need to be there early. She always said, you know, I would just clean the house. I would do this. I would take care of that and just early labor at home and then head to the hospital as things pick up. So I had that same approach. <laughs> I was cleaning, just cleaning around the house and getting things done. But very, very quickly, my labor went from ho-hum, nothing really going on here, to all of a sudden having to stop talking, you know, and um, bend over because the contractions had picked up so much. So that thing shifted so quickly. And I remember um, just a few hours into after my water breaking, after labor starting, I was saying to my husband, um, I think we need to go ahead and go to the hospital. And my parents had come over to check on me and see how I was doing. And I remember my mom saying, she doesn't need to go yet. It's, it's too early. And at that point, I was on all fours on the floor in the house in the middle. <laughs> and and my husband's like, no, we got it. We need. And then my mom saw me. I was like, okay, you need to go. <laughs> Put up in the car, and um, I rode for my first baby. I rode to the hospital in my car, uh, 
uh, what was I, I was holding on to the, the passenger seat facing the back of the car, like <laughs> bent over <laughs> because I was just, at that point, the contractions were coming faster. They were coming stronger and it was, it was more comfortable to be in that position and to just breathe through them. So we got to that. Thankfully we were not very far from the hospital. We got there pretty fast and um, I had not known or taken care of checking in. <laughs> so uh, we got there and had to go to the, the front desk and then they needed all this paperwork filled out <laughs> before we could be admitted. So that was, um, that was interesting in the lobby. Um, I remember my husband asking me questions as he to fill in the paperwork and I was bent over holding on to the back of a chair, just breathing through contractions, <laughs> answering questions. <laughs> and then finally the paperwork got filled out and they came to take us up to the room and I could not um, get sit in the wheelchair. They wanted to take you up to the room in the wheelchair. And so I couldn't do that. I had to stay standing and um, I remember going up in the elevator and just stopping and to breathe through a contraction and, and bend over because that felt better. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, the, another funny thing is we got up to the labor and delivery floor with, with him and the I remember you pushed the wall button to get the door to open and the doors the double doors swung open and as soon as the double door swung open another contraction hit so the nurse is standing there in between the double doors and I was doubled over holding onto the rail just um, I'm sure that was that was interesting and they we walked in and got to the room and um, as soon as they got me to a room on the labor and delivery floor they handed me the gown to get changed and as I went to get changed um, there was um, there was blood on my clothes so immediately the nurses said okay we gotta get we gotta get you checked and that's I remember that scaring me a little because I didn't I I was I was right in the middle at that point in retrospect, right at transition, the transition point of labor. And so I wasn't really even that tuned into what was going on around me. I just remember seeing that and going, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> um, so the nurses checked me and I was 10 centimeters dilated and they hadn't, they didn't, I wasn't hooked to anything. They didn't even know my. They didn't even know my name. <laughs> like nothing was. Nothing was in their. Nothing was in their computer. Um, and so they got me on the bed. And the sweet nurse says to me, um, "I need you to not push. You cannot push because we need to wait for Dr. Browning." And that was my OB. And I remember saying to her, "But I feel like I need to push. I really feel like I need to push." And she said, "Uh." when I see the whites of Dr. Browning's eyes come around the corner, then you can push. <laughs> then you can push. So thankfully he, he rounded the corner pretty quickly. Um, the nurses said he was a, they're like, he's a runner. He's fast. He'll be here soon. <laughs> he the corner pretty quickly. And I mean, I, I was ready to have the baby. Uh, there was, so once he was there, it was time to push. And, um, Elm was born probably three pushes and, and he was out and wow. he was a tiny baby because he was early. So at 37 weeks and one day he was, gosh, how big was he? Like five, five pounds, 15 ounces, which is actually, I mean, that's a tiny little, he was a tiny little guy and he came out screaming his little head off because he's cold <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he was hungry, ready to eat. 
Um, he had a little bit of jaundice as a newborn and he had, he definitely had a lot of difficulty nursing and latching because he would get, he was so tiny and he was so hungry and he was wanting to nurse and then getting frustrated. Um, so that was, you know, my Dylan, my first, <laughs> and it was, um, it was a, it was a fun, I would totally describe it as a fun experience. Mm. And I came away from having him even more, uh, really even more fascinated by the whole childbirth process because I was in awe of once I got to the point in labor called transition that I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I was on this planet. It was just Mm -hmm. sort of a a weird, I I guess weird's a weird, I'll use a better word. It was a very unique and surreal feeling in that I just didn't, I wasn't aware of what was going on around me. And I remember afterwards my mom saying to me, I said this to you, you don't remember that? And my husband was saying, well, I said that to you, you don't remember that? And then this happened, you don't remember that? And my answer was no, I really don't. I don't remember that. Um, so it's definitely, you know, all the hormones, everything that's going on in your body as you're, as you're having that labor and it's not interrupted by any medication or any intervention at all it is, there's some natural pain relief that God's already put in that. He's already worked it in there for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you come away from the process and you remember that it was physically, you know, it was, it's labor. I mean, it's called labor for a reason. I mean, you are, you're working to get, to bring the baby out. You're working to birth the baby, but, um, it's a, it's a good labor. It's, it's a good work. Mm. Um, and in the end, then you've got your beautiful little baby. Um, and I really appreciated and was incredibly thankful to have had a natural time birth experience because, you know, sometimes you've got to breach, there's a breech baby or there's complications and there's reasons where you, you don't have that as an option or something, something happens during labor, right before labor, and that option is not there. And I know, you know, that's a reality that we face as moms when we have our babies is that things may not go the way we planned them, the way we wanted them to. So I was very grateful, um, especially with the first and really not, not knowing a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. that I was able to experience that. Um, so, and that was... That was Dylan. <laughs> yeah. So did, did that prepare you in any way for how you would prepare your, your body or your heart for Isaac's birth? Yes, it definitely did. Isaac was, I found out I was pregnant with Isaac when Dylan was 11 months old. So that was kind of, they were quick back to back, but that was because my husband was in the military and he was about to be uh, deployed again. We knew he was getting deployed with in, in a certain time frame, And Dylan was, you know, like nine months old, I guess when we found out nine, nine ish months old. And I remember saying, you know, I really just wanted to have children close in age because I grew up with siblings, you know, about two years apart, give or take a couple months. And I just, I love that close relationship and that those those that bonding as children that we had. Mm-hmm. So I, me and my husband talked about it, and uh, we felt like it was okay to 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 try for another baby because if we waited, then we were waiting through the de- you know 
all the way through the deployment and coming home. So it would have been, oh my goodness, like a year and a half before we could, before it would even be um, an option. So Mm -hmm. we tried and again, I got pregnant right on the first try, which I was super surprised that that happened twice. And Dylan was 11 months old. He was still nursing (laughs) and I was was pregnant with Isaac. Um, That was, that was, um, that was actually interesting to be nursing and also pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that was a unique little season and that lasted, you know, three or I think about four months. And then Dylan finally had weaned himself cause I just let him wean once he was ready. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was a little, I was sad, but I was also kind of relieved <laughs> because at that point it was, it was painful to keep nursing him. Mm-hmm. And Isaac's pregnancy was, I would say, it went by, it went by faster than my first and Dylan's and I kind of, I already knew what to expect and you had the clothes and the maternity clothes once I needed them. And it was, it was a really, um, a really fun experience. Again, I stayed active, you know, walking, riding bikes, same thing. When it got to where I couldn't be riding a bike around the neighborhood, I went to the gym, rode the bikes there, walked, um, just stayed active. And Isaac's pregnancy was slightly different than Dylan's in his, his little tiny baby head dropped kind of early and dropped really, really low to the point that um, it was causing muscle spasms and a good bit of discomfort for me towards the, I think by the point I've reached 32 weeks, it was causing some problems. And because Dylan had been early, my doctor was concerned about the next baby coming potentially a little bit earlier. So I remember scaling things back a little bit, trying to slow down, which is hard for me. I like, I like to be up and moving and doing things. And I had a little toddler to take care of. So there was part, you know, we love to go to the park and go for walks and play outside. So I tried to slow down a little bit and it worked. And Isaac stayed in there, stayed in a little bit longer. (laughs) Um, at 37, I was 37 weeks and six days, I believe. Yeah. When he was, when labor started with him, um, it started the same as Dylan and my water broke. Um, this time it was probably midday, um, middle of midday weekday and my water broke. And again, I thought, I would have, you know, same as before, it might be a while and, and we'll just, just, I'll, I'll stay home. And, he because his little tiny head was so low my water broke his head his head dropped and it wasn't a lot of fluid there wasn't a lot of fluid that was coming out and my labor uh never started i i went all through the afternoon evening dinner time uh went even went and then went to bed that night still no contractions uh literally nothing and i kept thinking it's gonna happen anytime my mom had had something similar in one of her pregnancies. So it was helpful to hear from her, you know, well, this might take a while or just wait it, you know, wait, wait, you can wait a little bit longer. So I did. And then the next morning, my labor still had not started. And the doctors, their rule was um, 24 hours, I think. And they want you at the hospital if your water's broken. So at that point, by the next morning, you know, I was getting, I was getting a little closer to that mark and I just did not feel comfortable pushing it any further because 
think I woke up early that morning and I just thought, you know, I'm kind of ready to go in and just make sure everything's okay and uh, go ahead and, and get the process started if it, if I need some help. So we called it, I, I think I called pretty early in the morning and then they checked, we went ahead and went to the hospital and I think I got checked in around eight o'clock the following morning from my water breaking the previous afternoon. And my doctor was the same doctor as Dr. Browning and he came in to check on me and, and said, um, you know, just go ahead and, and get comfortable and you can, we can start you on some Pitocin or we cannot. And at that point, you know, it had been, it had been like 20, probably about 20 hours. I said, let's go ahead and just, just get it started. And the, everything looked good with the baby. Again, we didn't know what we were having. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or if it was going to be a girl, but everything looked good. And they started the Pitocin. And this was a different experience than Dylan in that I was in the hospital, you know, for a labor. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit different because this time, you know, I'm hooked up to the saline IV and I've got the pole and I can only go so far. And they truly want you to stay in your bed <laughs> for the most part. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. So thankfully the, um, the nurses were very kind as they came, kind of came and went checking on me. And I just was up beside the bed or walking right beside the bed or um, a, there may have been a ball or something in the room to sit on. And I just labored that way. And, um, you know, a few hours in, they upped the Pitocin a little bit more and contractions picked up. And similarly to Dylan, it went from ho-hum, kind of nothing's going on. There's just a little contraction to all of a sudden, I, I can't talk, you know, it's, it, I can't talk <laughs> because it's just, it was, labor was picking up and really kind of peaking very quickly. And so um, I told my husband as soon as, it literally went with Isaac from ho-hum to saying to, my husband, you need to go ahead and, and get the nurse and tell them that the baby's coming right now. <laughs> he had just walked, he actually just walked out of the room to do some, make a phone call or grab a snack or something and came in as soon as he came in. That's what I said to him. <laughs> and, you know, of course the doctor got there quickly and the nurses got there quickly. And, um, Isaac was again, kind of like, kind of like Dylan, just, you know, a few pushes and he was out. Um, that labor was, was different and was a really neat learning experience in that it was a it wasn't my own body um, stimulating a lot of the labor and 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 keeping everything going but it was the pitocin that was moving things along and there's a big difference between the natural labor your body does than the pitocin yeah. and so for any moms out there that have to have pitocin labor it's not something to be scared of, but it is good to know that that's not how normal natural labor will feel. It's actually nothing like natural labor will feel because the Pitocin just, it just, it's like a boom, 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 boom with the contractions and then natural labor, there's an ebb and a flow. There's a, you know, you're breathing through it and then you get on the other side and you catch your breath and you, you have some time before it picks back up again. So I would definitely say to any other moms out there, if you have, you know, if you need the Pitocin to help your labor along, don't be, um, don't be discouraged or scared, but just know it is going to be a little different and it will feel more of a boom, boom, boom with the contractions than the, 
up and downs of natural labor and you won't get as you won't get the same natural pain relief that your body produces and all the endorphins and all the all of those other chemicals that kick in as as you get towards transition and have your and then have your baby those those things don't kick in mm-hmm. <laughs> with the pitocin it's it's just a little different but it's totally doable yeah um and that was a that was another birth where I just came away from it really just just grateful grateful for the process grateful for um that everything went well that the baby was healthy that I was healthy that you know there were no complications um so just came away from that again just thanking the lord um for his goodness and watching over us and um just being being with me and my husband and and being with us through the whole process mm-hmm. Did you, just going back to that labor, did you have any special visualizations or any techniques that really helped you breathe through your contractions or work through your contractions? Yes. Um, With that one, I definitely knew more how to just breathe through them. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was really, I would say the, the tool I used the most breathing and also praying Mm -hmm. um, were the two things. And I, I didn't quite utilize that as much with, I would say with Dylan's labor um, again, cause it was all so new to me, but with Isaac's, it was definitely just focusing in on one contraction, you know, that one contraction as it hits, as it's coming and never get overwhelmed by the big picture of anything, you know, mm-hmm. the whole big picture. Cause it's just, you know, it's just one contraction and you breathe through it and you, and you pray through it and you have, you know, um, and you just rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that would be what I used. Awesome. Yeah. And what will you tell us about finding out you're pregnant with faith and what oh, her pregnancy was like? Oh, with baby. Um, so faith was a few years later. Um, because I wanted my, I so wanted children super close in age. <laughs> That's why the boys were 19 months apart. But when I found out with Faith, the boys were a little bit older and my husband had been deployed. That was, that was actually part of the, way, the story with Isaac is part of his um, birth story. Uh, and I left it off. So I'll just, kind of go back a little bit is my husband had said he was going to be deployed. So when I was pregnant with Isaac and leading up to the birth, we actually didn't know if he was going to be there when the baby came Mm -hmm. because I said, I really don't want to be induced. And I think that the baby would come early because his deployment date with Isaac's birth his date to leave was seven or eight days later after Isaac was born. So yeah, I I remember towards the end of Isaac's pregnancy, just praying for him to be there for the birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and he was, and then seven or eight days later was when he was, he, he was deployed. So there's a little bit more of a space between the kiddos because of that, because he was gone. And then when he came home, um, there was, Dylan had had some health issues that we needed to address that were um, as of utmost importance for a while. So we didn't feel like it was the right time to 
have another baby until we made sure our first baby was good because it was just really concerning issues. Um, so once Dylan was good and uh, he was taken care of, then we started trying for another baby and I got pregnant right away. And then very shortly after I found out I was pregnant, I had miscarried. So I did have a really, it was an early miscarriage, but you know, I would say this to any moms, any moms who've been there or women trying to get pregnant that have been there that, um, those can, those miscarriages, even if they're early. And that's what I can speak on because that's what I experienced. Um, that there's still something to grieve and there's still a sweet little life that is now with the Lord. Um, and I would say like, there's still a part of your story. There's still a part of your family. So to any moms that have experienced that, um, I totally understand it. And it was, it was definitely, um, an experience that taught me a lot. And I think I did, I came away with a little bit more of an appreciation for pregnancy and healthy pregnancy and having the baby, um, from that experience. So, um, it was, a, it was an early, you know, just a, shortly after I found out I was pregnant, um, you know, maybe a, a week or so, week and a half or so later is when I miscarried. And so then after that, you got to take some time and recover and, and wait till you can try to get pregnant again. And once that time had passed, we tried and I got pregnant. So mm -hmm. I was very, very surprised to find out that I was pregnant. I truly expected because I'd had the miscarriage that it would take some time, yeah. but the Lord had a plan <laughs> and that plan was for us to have faith. So that pregnancy was the only one of my pregnancies where I really struggled with feeling very anxious that something would go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, the prior pregnancies, I knew it could, but it hadn't happened to me yet. So I hadn't, once you've felt the reality, it's just more real. So I remember early on in that pregnancy asking my OB who knew, knew I'd had a miscarriage. Could he, could we come in a little bit earlier and just check? And he was so kind and sweet. And we did and went to the doctor and checked a little bit earlier than you normally would go in to check to find a heartbeat. And, um, everything with the pregnancy went really well, went really smoothly. Um, the baby looked healthy. Again, we did not find out boy or girl. And this was my third. So with two boys, I felt certain I was having another boy. I really did. <laughs> the whole pregnancy, I was thinking, I'm going to have another boy. I just, I'm going to have another boy. It's just, it's just what's going to happen. So I didn't, I really, really thought I wouldn't. <laughs> um, and that pregnancy, uh, she, I say she, I didn't know I was having a she, but um, Faith, they thought that the baby was going to come early, like early, early. So I was dilating very early. I was having Braxton Hicks contractions really early. And I did, and my third, early in my third trimester, I had to go up to the hospital and get monitored. Um, I can't remember 
all the details of it because it's been a little while because she's five. So I had to go up and get monitored. Um, they monitored, I, I think it was because of Braxton Hicks contractions and just coming so frequently and how much I was dilated. And I was told to slow down. <laughs> I was told to stay off my feet a little bit more. Uh, I was told to rest when my children were taking a nap and um, hand things off to other people to take care of because the doctors were cons very concerned that the baby would come earlier than even 36 weeks. And they did actually even talk to me about steroid shots for the lungs and um, other things that could be an issue. So that was hugely serious to me that um, I want this baby to stay in there as long as he or she can. And I took it very seriously and I 100% slowed down. And I remember sitting anytime I could sit, just relaxing, majorly slowing down once the doctors told me that I needed to. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Faithy uh, stayed in a little bit longer. She, I was, I think I made it to 38 weeks with her. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did, which was really wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I, I was very, just very thankful that, that she stayed in longer and grew a little bit more. Um, so I, yeah, I believe I was 37, 38 weeks and one or two days when she was born and you would not believe it, but my labor with her started with my water breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that was the last thing I expected to happen for labor to start. That was the very last thing on my mind, but there it was. So, uh, I gotta think about that because it's been a while. Um, I was going to bed. I was in bed. I was. I was in bed. I was actually asleep because I'd gone to bed early and it was 1030 at night and I woke up and thought, oh my gosh, I'm either with the bed or <laughs> got up, go to the bathroom. Sure enough. Yes. My water has broken. So, um, my husband was actually not there. He was out, um, told me he'd been running an air and told me he was out running an errand. And so, um, I got up and, you know, I think I got, took a shower, got dressed, whatever, whatever needed to happen. And, 30 minutes or so later he was he was home and my parents came over so they could stay with my boys stay with our boys and I remember my mom and my husband having a conversation and both of them saying Karen I think you need to go ahead and go to the hospital I don't think you should wait around I just I just don't think that you should and I'm like no I'm fine it's fine I don't I'm not really feeling anything I'm not really having any contractions and I really hadn't felt much of any, you know, just, a, just some really early labor contractions, not a lot of discomfort. I mean, I was okay. And then sure enough, a little while after that, <laughs> um, things started to pick up. And as soon as they just picked up just the tiniest bit, um, I said, okay, I'll get, I'll go ahead and get myself together. We can go. And before I could even really get anything together, um, it was, it was, Weber had picked up even more very, very quickly. And I was once again, riding to the hospital, <laughs> not unable to sit in the seat. And this time it had picked up so 
quickly and unexpectedly because my water at that point my water had broken an hour prior to all this happening so really unexpected um riding on the I remember riding on the I was on the floorboard of the 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 van Mm. (laughs) on hands and knees my husband driving and labor was just really picking up at that point and I do remember clear as day just on my knees praying Jesus help us make it to the hospital I was really thinking that maybe the baby would come sooner because things had picked up so quickly and just praying and praying and asking the Lord for protection and asking him to give me strength and praying that we'd make it to the hospital and we did and thankfully I had checked in so we just went um they actually took us right up to um I think I gosh I think I think it was a triage floor they didn't have uh, anything open on labor and delivery so they brought us up there and got me checked as soon as they could and they said oh you're 10 centimeters and the baby's coming right now uh which was surprising to hear because it was just so so quick and not long after that thankfully the OB came in and he looked at me and he said well do you want to have this baby here or can you make it down the hall and I said I can make it down the hall they took, they could just move the bed and I was riding on the bed on my hands and knees breathing <laughs> through those contractions um, as they took me down to the, the labor and delivery floor. And as soon as they got that bed in the room, they're like, okay, you can put, you can push. So um, just a few pushes, I think same as my other kiddos, three pushes and, and the baby was out. Wow. And the funny, funny thing about little Faithy being born was again, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl because we left that as a surprise. So with her birth, all of us, myself, the nurses, the doctor, we were all just scrambling because <laughs> you know, she came so quickly. Um, so we're scrambling. They're scrambling to get in the labor and delivery room and scrambling as things are just happening so quickly. And so, you know, she came, the baby came out and the doctor just lifted the baby up and he, he handed handed the baby to me and there she was there the baby was on my chest so I still didn't know if I was having if the baby was a boy or a girl (laughs) the baby came out there's there's the baby on my chest and I look down and I see the sweet little face and I remember looking at my sweet little baby and then looked at the doctor and I said well well well, what what is it (laughs) and the doctor said oh I don't know I didn't I didn't know to check (laughs) so I had the honor of looking at this tiny, sweet little baby and going and looking down because I promise you, I thought I was having a boy. Mm-hmm. I was 100% certain. So then I get to look and go, oh my gosh, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really, honestly, you know, there's so many, there's very few things in life that are surprised. They're real surprises and that's what my parents always said when they had all their kiddos and they didn't find out the gender um and I'm that was the most fun surprise (laughs) it was and I'm thankful to uh, have experienced it's really a fun surprise as as a as parents Mm -hmm. to, to leave that a secret and just and you've got a little bit more anticipation for the birth and just a little bit more excitement when you don't know um, it's, it's just a neat surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, such a fan of, of leaving a little, leaving that unknown mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Um, 
so that's that's you know all three of my little my little kiddos well I was going to ask you your postpartum you shared just a bit about your postpartum with Dylan would you mind sharing about also Isaac and Faith and if they were similar or different that's a good question so they were different because Dylan was a little early and he had a lot of trouble nursing and he had jaundice and um, was a very uh, difficult sleeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, his his arousal was was really, I, I guess, off because he was early. He was a very difficult sleeper. So with Isaac, because he I'd gone a little further along in pregnancy. He was bigger. He'd grown a little bit more. Um, he nursed very easily, um, right after, shortly after he was born. And now one thing I did do after Dylan, because I didn't know a whole lot going into, um, my first as to how the hospital operates, what they do after births, things like that. So going in with Isaac, I had a birth plan that was just written out a few, just a few things. I talked to my OB about it and then brought it with me to the hospital. So after he was born, then we give them, you know, then they had the birth plan. So I got to just hold, you know, keep him on my chest for the first hour after he was born and he nursed right away. And Mm -hmm. he was basically a pro. Like he knew what he was doing. He knew how to eat and he nursed um, easily, quickly. He gained weight really quickly. My recovery with him was even better than with Dylan. Mm. with Dylan he came he was so fast for a first baby and my labor from start to finish was uh, right at six hours Mm. so that's fast for a first baby and the doctor did do an episiotomy and so I did have to recover from that and then with Isaac I put in my birth plan not to do that and that if something was going to happen something would happen and I'd rather not be um, cut so my recovery from Isaac was night and day different. So I would say to moms going in to have babies, um, if you're, you know, if you know you're, you're, um, you're not going to have a C-section and you know, you're going to have, um, have a birth where they would maybe do an episiotomy or maybe not, you don't know. Um, I would definitely recommend to not get one because, the um when they cut they're cutting you know they're cutting against the way the tissue naturally lies and so the healing process is longer and it's more painful whereas if then if something just naturally tears then you're putting those jagged pieces back together again it's going to heal a little bit faster it's going to be less pain discomfort in the healing process so i learned that (laughs) going from dylan to isaac's birth and also you know, the recovery period at the hospital, just to ask for less interruption, less taking the baby, less and more just skin to skin and nursing in those, especially in that critical time period right after birth. And that was really sweet. And I did the same with Faith. I went in with a birth plan. Same, same things, you know, um, just to put the baby on my chest right after the baby's born and nurse right away and delay everything for that first hour. Um, and that was, that's just a really sweet, sweet time. If you can, you know, if you can do that, um, I would definitely recommend that to moms if it's possible, because it gives the baby a chance to sort of, you know, just, just be left alone. They've been through enough. They're, they've just entered the world and 
And then you just, they'll nurse. I mean, they'll, with, with my two that I did that with, they nursed very easily. They nursed very quickly. I mean, and I never, I didn't have any problems nursing them. And, and um, so I would definitely recommend that to other, to other moms, if you can, to delay, delay things after the birth and give you that first hour to get the baby nursing. Um, and just have that, that bonding time. If, you know, if you can, if circumstances allow for it. And my postpartum with Faith was, um, wow, that was different. <laughs> now that we're talking about it. Um, with, so with, with Isaac, their, their dad was leaving. He was getting deployed, but I knew that. So I was prepared for it. There was family around to help. I mean, it was a, physically, it was an easier postpartum recovery than Dylan. Um, but emotionally there was more things going on, but still, you know, I did pretty, I did pretty well. Things went pretty well with faith. Um, unbeknownst to me, um, with, with that postpartum recovery, I actually felt, I actually felt great. I actually felt amazing. Um, and I'll, I'll circle back to what I was going to say. Um, I felt great after I had her. Um, her birth was insanely, insanely quick, like I described. But you know, with that, um, I don't. I didn't have any. I didn't have any complications. Um, I didn't get an episiotomy or anything. Um, I didn't with her. She was my only one. I didn't take any pain medication after I had her. Um, so that's something I could talk a little bit about because I did after Dylan take, um, you know, the ibuprofen or the ibuprofen that they offer. And then with Isaac, I did the same thing. There'll be a big, a high dose of ibuprofen, I believe. And so I remember taking with both of them postpartum taking that and taking it into the postpartum period going home, which from, in my case, I would do too much too soon because I had the pain relieving medication. So with faith, I said, I'm not going to take anything after I have her birth. I'm just going to feel a little bit of pain, but it will be okay. And I'll, the pain will be my, will be my little, um, red light that I need to stop put <laughs> mm. down. So I didn't take any pain medication after I had Faithy. And, um, I feel like that was a good decision because then I didn't think I could just go on, just hop on up the stairs <laughs> in my house, things like that. Um, I took it, I definitely took it easy when went slower, gave my body more time to heal. Um, and just enjoyed that time with the baby. Um, so physically it was really, I would say it was the best postpartum recovery possible because the birth had been pretty easy pretty quick and um she nursed really easily she slept like a dream I mean she just I I can't the Lord just knew I needed that because shortly after she was born my husband um he actually left he um packed up his things and told me that he was leaving and Faith was just he told me a few days after she was shortly after she was born that he wanted to leave um, and then started disappearing and disappearing. And then a few weeks after she was born, he actually packed everything up and left. Mm -hmm. So 
the postpartum period while I had such, I, I would say such grace and such, um, such a blessing of the, a good, easy recovery period, um, emotionally. And, uh, it was, it was very, very, and I don't even know that very difficult, very difficult. like the tip of the iceberg mm. for, for that situation. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, when we started talking and I said, I'm, I'm married, my husband's name is Tim. We've been married two years. That's because my first marriage had en- ended, um, because of my then husband's decisions. And I was, um, a single mom from the time faith was just a few weeks old mm. until I got remarried about two years ago. Wow. Do you have any just encouragement maybe for other women who have perhaps found themselves in a similar situation, being a single mom shortly after having a baby or yeah, women who maybe don't, didn't have the, the upbringing that you had with a mom who was oh, yeah. having babies naturally every yeah. few years or just any of those things that you would want to, to touch on or encourage other women with? Oh, those are good things to bring up. That's great. I would say for any mom that finds themselves in a situation where they don't have family support, they don't have husband support. I mean, for instance, a young, a young mom without that's not married and maybe the, the father doesn't stick around and you don't have that support. I would say um, reach out to, to people that can be of support to you because uh, you will need it. And, Um, you know, if the mom is doing, if the mom is healthy and the mom is doing well and the mom is taking care of the baby's going to do, do the baby's going to do really well, you know? Um, so I would say find that support. Um, if you can line it up before the baby's born that you have people checking on you and helping you with this and helping you with that so that you're not by yourself. Cause it is, you know, you've been through a lot, but the time you have the baby, no matter what, what type of birth you have, your body has been through a lot in nine months and you're going to need some time to recover and sleep and rest. And you're going to need some logistical support and some emotional support, um, afterwards as you adjust to with life with a baby now. Mm. Um, so I would definitely say find that, find some support, ask for it from a friend, from, um, a family member if you can, so that you wouldn't, so that you wouldn't have to go through the whole the postpartum period alone. Um, to a mom that ended up in my situation, I would say the same thing. I mean, you you couldn't see it coming to have planned for it, just like I never would have. I didn't see it coming to have planned for it either. But um, you know, when it did, thankfully it was even it was unexpected. But you know, family stepped in to to help and offer support which I, I could not have done it with, without them logistically, (laughs) you know? Um, and then what was the thing you you were saying about not for other, for moms, women that didn't have a mom who who saw childbirth? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. So I would say to that, that I can, I can definitely speak to that childbirth is not something to be afraid of mm-hmm. at all. 100,000 million trillion percent. Don't be afraid of it. There is nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I promise you that. 
even pain, even, even the pain that's there, there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> because it's any pain that you feel is not a pain because something is wrong. It's not a pain because something is broken. It's a pain because muscles are working really hard. It's a pain because it's, it takes work to birth the baby. And, you know, what better work is there really to do as, as, a, as a mom? For women, if you're having a healthy, normal pregnancy, there's really, I would say, embrace the birth process because it is truly a very um, beautiful thing. And the Lord, what I reminded myself of a lot in, in my pregnancies and with the births is God designed this process he designed the woman's a woman's body to carry your baby and grow your baby. And I can't even wrap my mind around it. And I'm sure other moms would agree. Like you, you carrying your baby, but you can't still can't even wrap your mind. There's a little human being in there. Mm -hmm. How's that possible? It's the same thing with, with the birth process and God designed it. He designed it to work. He designed it to work well. He, um, he's over it and in it. And, there's nothing to be afraid of in that. If you, you know, if you trust the Lord um, to take care of you, to take care of your baby, to um, to meet all your needs as well, there's there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, and taking the time to to learn a little bit more about it is helpful if if you like to. I, I happen to like to. I thought it was fascinating. Um, and another thing. I would say to other moms, and this is moms who maybe you're considering a natural birth or um, maybe you maybe you want to, but you're scared or you're unsure. Or there's a lot of unknowns or you don't know who to talk to. Um, there's documentaries that were released a while ago because it was when I was having Dylan and Isaac. So, and they're called The Business of Being Born. And those are very educational and just teaching you about the whole birth process, um, teaching you about how the hospital operates, how midwives operate, how this goes, how that goes. It's really incredibly interesting. Um, the whole, the whole scope of births, every, they, they will teach you about every, they'll talk about C-sections. They'll talk about breech babies. I mean, literally it covers everything. Another, great resource would be any of, um, Ina Mae Gaskin's books. Mm. Um, hers are, are amazing. Um, do you know the name of the most recent one? I can't think of it. Uh, really one, her, probably one the guide to Childbirth? Not the, the Guide to Childbirth, the older one. Okay. There was one that she released not too long ago. I think it's called Childbirth Without Fear. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. It's been six years since I've read it. So that was a, the second Ina Magaskin book was very, I loved it. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. Cover to cover, read the whole thing. And that's, it was just fascinating. Um, so books like that and um, documentaries, like the business of being born will give you more of a, if you're scared about the natural childbirth process, it'll, it'll normalize it for you. So I would say, just don't be afraid. Um, learn if you want to learn. Talk to other moms who've experienced natural childbirth. Ask your OB questions as to how things work within your hospital system when you have the baby because they, most hospitals are more in favor of you laboring in, in your bed. And if you're coming to the hospital, um, 
intending not to have any interventions and not to have any pain medication, then you don't want to sit in your bed <laughs> and labor. Because I promise you, it feels so much better to get up, to move around, to you know bend bend over if you need to bend over, bounce on a little bouncy ball. It um, it all makes a difference, and it makes it just really it makes it very manageable and um, not overwhelming at all. Mm-hmm. So find out what your hospital policies are and what you can and can't do and get a little bit of education that way. That way you're better prepared to know um, what you're looking at going in the hospital. And my mom's advice was actually really good in, in the instance where there's no preexisting conditions or complications to, that are of concern to, to not go to the hospital in early labor and labor at home where you're relaxed, you're in your own environment, you can get a drink of water, you can eat something, nobody's coming in to check you, poke you, prod you, do anything to you because that's going to keep you really relaxed. Um, and it's going to make the whole process go, go better because your whole body is going to be relaxed. Your mind's going to be relaxed. Your body can do what it needs to do. And then when it gets to the point that things are picking up, then head to the hospital. Then by that point, you know, things are, things are in motion. They're going to, they're going to keep happening and you need, you know, if you're going to have the baby at the hospital, you need to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't speak to having babies at home. Mine came, mine, um, after my first, we looked, we actually looked into a midwife and I, I interviewed one and I was going to use her. But one thing is she couldn't actually come to the home and deliver at that point in Florence. So I would have had to drive to a birthing center in Columbia. And oh, wow. given how quickly Dylan came for the, and he was my first, right? she and I kind of both agreed okay, I just don't know if this is a good idea because yeah. <laughs> you might not, you're not even going to make it there. You have to come. Might be on the so side of the road. I, never had one, I really, 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 really wanted to have a home birth with, with my children, but it wasn't an option. I mean, they just yeah. came so fast. It just, no, there wasn't anyone that would locally work locally there weren't resources to make that happen so we we chose the hospital and even that it went great it went well I mean you go in there prepared you learn about the policies and procedures and go in there kind of knowing what you want to do knowing what you're okay with knowing what you're not okay with and that helps a lot and they're very receptive to it you just put in your birth plan um but know that you know you're going to go you're the one going in there and having the baby they're just there to make sure you're okay, the baby's okay, everything's healthy, and to handle, if anything, out of out of the norm arises. That's what the medical professionals, that's what they're equipped to handle, and that's why they're there. But the whole labor and delivering the baby, that's, that's the mom, you know, mm-hmm. that's the mom's job. And it's a really, um, it's really an honor to have, to have that job, to be able to to do that. I mean, it's just, mm. it's just a one, it's just one time. It's just one day. It's just a few <laughs> hours. Um, mm. so I, hope, I hope that's helpful for yeah. other moms. If you're considering natural labor, um, it's perfectly normal. It's really wonderful. Truly, truly, truly. I did it three times and um, I promise you it's, it's really, it's, it's wonderful when it's all said and done because 
you forget about the part that was painful and <laughs> you remember the part that was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and it's a chance to just, I mean, for, for mine now with my first, I didn't, I didn't, it was also new, but I know going in with the second and the third, it was a time to just, um, just pray, pray and rely on the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. Ask him for strength, asking him to just, Lord, calm, just calm my nerves, calm my heart, calm my mind. Um, praying, yeah, really just praying for peace, for comfort, for to relax um, as, as you get further along in the labor process. Mm. So I hope that's helpful. Is there anything else you can um, think of? I feel like your words are really encouraging um, oh, and good. uplifting. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. There's such a... Um, it always made me sad, you know, and I'm, I'm now five, almost six years out from having babies. Um, it, it made me sad when I was pregnant that the stigma around birth is like, oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's painful. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Oh, you don't want any of this. Oh, you don't want any of that. Oh, I had this and it was terrible. Is that's what you, I remember hearing that left and right from people who were having babies. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, gosh, that's so sad. Yeah. Why do we talk like that? Why do we talk like that? Why do we talk about our bodies like they're broken? Mm -hmm. Why do we talk about having the baby like we can't do it? I mean, are you kidding me? We were made we were made to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like our bodies are made to nurse the baby. You know, you just yeah. go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it happen. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. And it's 100% not a bad thing. I remember after having Isaac, I know it was Dylan talking to another mom and she asked about going to the hospital or having Dylan. She asked a, a specific question to which the only answer I could give was, well, I chose to have him naturally. And I remember she goes, oh, well, I'm not trying to be, what did she say? I'm not trying to be anybody's hero or I wasn't trying to be a hero. <laughs> and so, just know, like anyone choosing to have a baby naturally, that is not no. That's not anyone's <laughs> mentality. I mean, nobody's trying to. Nobody's trying to prove anything. Nobody's trying to be tough. Like, just, you know, just a mom having a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you make your decisions. Um, I'm always going to be more in favor of if you can, and circumstances allow for it then go for it. I mean, literally nothing to be afraid of. Go for it, prepare for it. Stay act out. One thing, stay active during your pregnancy. Keep walking, keep moving. Nothing hard. You don't have to, you don't have to go all out and, and you can't towards the end of your pregnancy, but keep moving, keep your body strong. I remember um, one thing I did to help with the breathing uh, towards, towards the end of all my pregnancies is, you know, I always woke up in the middle of the night with cramps in my leg. Those, mm. um, just, did you ever get those? Just, yeah. You're like, like very yeah. pregnancy, And so your little leg muscle just nuts up and it's, it's pretty painful. Mm -hmm. So I remember with each of those waking up in the middle of the night, feeling that pain and going, okay, I'm just going to use this to practice for contractions during labor. I'm just going to breathe. <laughs> I'm just going to breathe. <laughs> I'm just going to calmly breathe through it. And 
that's a great technique. Learn how to breathe through some pain and discomfort. Um, yeah. Practice if you're like, if you get those cramps towards the end of pregnancy, um, which I always did those last few weeks. Um, practice that. Um, there's also tons of resources out there, especially now since. You know, Instagram is flooded with mm -hmm. experts on this, that, or the other. There's tons of them. I wish they'd have been out there when I was having my babies because you can you you can find anything, and you can find an expert on any you know helping you with childbirth and preparing for childbirth. And there's mm -hmm. there is so much you can do. I mean, I went in there with like this minuscule amount of information, and now oh my goodness you've got more information than you'd ever need out there to just to mentally prepare, to physically prepare mm -hmm. how to recover postpartum. There's so much out there. Um, so many resources. So find them, use them, talk mm -hmm. to, talk to other moms who've done it. Um, and they'll tell you the same as me, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's God designed the process. Just trust him and, and go, go with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I promise you won't regret it <laughs> mm. if you do. That's so good. Thank you for leaving us with such good encouragement. And okay. I think even that, that word that you used early, earlier, normalize, is just yeah. has been stuck in my mind towards the end of the interview and thinking about how we can change the, the language used around birth um, yeah. by offering positive stories like yours and others uh, just to change what is and has been considered normal. Yeah. Um, that, that birth can be such a beautiful thing, even in the midst of muscles working really hard. Like yeah. it's so good. So yeah. yeah. Thank you so that. much for taking the time to share your you're, stories with us. You're welcome. I'm glad that I could share a little bit. I hope it's of encouragement to some other moms or um, expecting moms with their first. Mm, absolutely. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. To stay up to date on the podcast, please like Hopeful Birth on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at Hopeful Birth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to check out my website at hopefulbirth.com where if you're interested, you can make a request to share your birth story on a future episode. And if you're a doula, midwife, or other birth worker and would like to be featured on our Meet the Birth Worker segment, please DM me and we can see about partnering on a future episode. Thanks for listening.